Welcome to Picketed Podcast. Joining us today is Kev, aka the Mind Shaman. Hello, Kev. All right, Freddy. Not too bad, thank you. Where did the Mind Shaman come from? How did you think of that name? Well, I, I, I used that as a brand because uh, if you search it in uh, on Google, look, it's top of the search list, so no one else has ever used it. Oh, really? So it's yeah. like a unique term. Yeah. yeah, and at the time, at the time, I got it as a, a nickname off my friends because uh, I was guiding a lot of people on psychedelics. I was literally just about to say it. It basically reeks of DMT to me. It does reek. Yeah, DMT, <laughs> it reeks of DMT mushrooms, and whatever else we could get our hands on. I don't fucking do any of that shit, and no. I've I, like I've gone through my let's take all the drugs phase. Yeah, and I like. I, I always liked stuff that chilled me out. Yeah. I didn't like fucking coke and stuff like that because yeah. it just, I'm, I'm naturally quite a, uh, somebody whose mind is constantly like on the go. Yeah. And so I liked stuff that just kind of dulled that. I didn't like stuff that made it shove. And also as well, right, I used to take coke uh, on nights out and things recreationally. I didn't really have a problem. And then I went on a night out once. Uh, I think it was someone's birthday. And we're yeah. doing, you know what pub golf is? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, So we were, we were all dressed as golfers. It was it was a simpler time. It was 2008, you know. Um, uh, and we were all dressed as golfers. And I was fucked out my face. And I remember being like, oh, yeah, I chatted to this really fit girl last night. I was like, yeah, she's really nice. Like, oh, yeah, we swapped numbers. I reckon, like, yeah, yeah, I might give her a message or whatever. I gave her a message I didn't hear from her. I was like, all right, okay, it is what it is. And then somebody uploaded a picture to Facebook, and it was me having the greatest time in the world with my arm around this woman who literally looked like she was so fed up with me. Like, <laughs> like she literally had that face and just like, you know that meme of that guy screaming into that woman's yeah, ear? Yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, God, this guy again. I was that in 2008, yeah. and I was like, yeah, this drug needs knocking on the head because yeah. that is not a good look for me. No, no, so no. I knocked that on the head. I've done a little bit of psychedelics and stuff. Like, I've done mushrooms in Amsterdam. Yeah. Didn't like it. I don't like it. And um, What didn't you like about it? So, I, so... A lot of fear. Yeah, so this is the thing, right? And this is the reason that I won't take DMT because yeah. people are like so I got a mate Milo you probably I've met Milo you yeah. know Milo yeah 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 Very good man. Um, he's big into it he absolutely loves it and he'll talk about DMT for oh, he's, come, he's come to see me ages yeah, in yeah. it I know he has I know yeah, he, uh, he'll, he'll talk about it for ages he's very passionate about it um as is Paul as well yeah. um but the thing is is they all say well you've got to be in the right headspace You've got to be in the right headspace. If you're not in the right headspace, then it might be a bit of a scurry trip, but you have to be in the right headspace. And I know what I'm like as a person is in that I'll take it and then I'll be like, am I in the right headspace? Yeah. What if I'm not in the right headspace? Shit. Do I feel like I... And I'll talk myself it's into right having headspace. a bad time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so I'm like, nah, because I'm quite happy to go on a magical journey where I talk yeah. to aliens and shit. I'm not happy to see, like, the ghost of my dead nan trying to bum me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not about that life. Yeah, Have you taken anything? Uh, comedian, Umby Winters. Aye. See how I introduced her? That yeah. smooth as shit. Yeah, flawless. Uh, I tried mushrooms in Amsterdam once, uh, but um, I've got, like, sort of a, a weak stomach. 
uh, just in general. And um, so I was just like sat there waiting for them to kick in, and I started feeling like, ooh, uh, uh, I, I don't feel so good. And I start like sort of power walking to the bathroom, and I'm like, oh no, I need to run. I fucking run to the bathroom. And I throw open the door, and I, there's the, the toilet on the other end, and I just fucking projectile vomit. Uh, wow. So like the, everything, like before we had a chance to kick in, everything just came back up. Now, thankfully, despite the fact that I was on the other side of this, you know, uh, toilet uh, room whatever bathroom stall like didn't miss a single fucking drop everything went in straight into the toilet but unfortunately I was wearing glasses and I'd thrown myself forward with such force that the glasses also went straight into the toilet so you threw up on your own glasses yeah yeah I, that's I'm not trying that <laughs> so the, thing, the thing is with psychedelics psychedelic means to reveal the soul that's what it translates. Oh, uh, okay. So you're gonna see a reflection of yourself. Yeah, I've buried a lot of stuff. I don't. What do you mean? I don't know. Don't yeah, yeah. say that. We've all buried a lot of stuff, Freddie. There's a lot. There's a lot lacking in you everyone's know, closet. I've just closet, realized, closet, I've got my first uh, therapy session in two days. I can't wait. I find some shit to talk about in that. Session. Really? Yeah. So. Well, I did. Funnily enough. So here's the thing. I I did a therapy session once, right? Um, and I was having a chat and stuff, and um, it was about like some trauma or some sh- not like n- I say some trauma, like something <laughs> awful happened. It, it wasn't bad, right? And so I was talking with this guy, and he said, "I okay, so you got this memory." He said, "What I want you to do is I want you to imagine that you're," and I don't know if this is a technique that you use. Um, he said, "I want you to imagine that you're in the cinema yeah. watching you yes. watch that memory," yeah. right? And I'm like, right, okay. And he goes, right, okay. Now I want you to watch it in reverse, but it's in black and white. And I was like, all right, okay. And then he goes, right, okay. So now we're going to watch it forward again in color, but it's going to be a bit faster. I was like, all right, okay. And then he goes, right, okay. Now we're watching it in reverse again, and it's a bit faster, and then black and white, and then forward again. And then we went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then he went, right, how do you feel? And I went, I don't feel like any different. And he went, oh. And I went, yeah. I said, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I said, I, th- I thought you were trying to hypnotize me. So, <laughs> so, so I just didn't do any of what you were saying. <laughs> he, looked, he looked so fucking furious. I'll never forget his face. He was like, I'm paying you. Like, what is fucking going on here? Why am I wasting my time with this dude? Yeah. And I felt like a piece of shit. So, uh, yeah, I just assumed that he was trying to hypnotize me and make me focus on something that he was going to click his fingers. And here's the thing, because we're talking about, like, well, we're going to talk about loads of things today, but hypnosis is going to be primarily one of them. Yeah. I am fascinated and terrified by hypnosis yeah. in roughly equal measures. Yeah. Now, the first question that I'm going to ask and I think it's the question that everybody wants to ask first of all, yeah. is can you hypnotize somebody who doesn't know that they're going to be hypnotized? No. No? No, no. Someone has to have, it's all healing. It's self-healing. So anyone who comes in for hypnosis, they have to be in agreement that they're going to allow themselves to be hypnotized. Oh, right, what okay. the conscious mind will try to kick in and try to analyse everything that you're saying. Well, you talk about, you, you talk about the conscious mind. Yeah. So that leads me to believe that there's two minds, the, the conscious mind and the but subconscious the con- the mind. conscious and the subconscious. So all our behavioural patterns are in the subconscious mind. So what, what happens is when you repeat anything and you learn to do something, it gets programmed in the subconscious as a... As a as a, a, a habitual program, yeah, like an instinct almost. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. So that's 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 programmed in through repetition. So, for example, a time when you might be in hypnosis is when you're driving and you know where you're going. 
you'll just go there on autopilot and you'll be thinking about other things on the way. Which is why, by the way, uh, we are going to... So one of the things that we're going to do on this uh, podcast is we're going to hypnotise Umbi, uh, but we are going to do it on Picketed Extra, which is our Patreon-only um, podcast. And the uh, well, there's two reasons for this. The first is so that you sound Patreon and I get money. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the, the second and maybe more responsible one is that I'm aware that a lot of people listen to this while driving. Yes. And they might not necessarily know that they are in a particularly nope. heightened state. And then all of a sudden I'm responsible for an accident on the M1 or something like that. Well, 10% of the population are highly susceptible to hypnosis. Fuck off. So, so when you get a stage hypnotist, what he'll do is he'll do an induction with the whole audience. Right? And then the people who react the strongest to their induction, they're his volunteers. So how do you on. know? How do you, how do you know? Because... because doing this. Do they? Yeah, yeah, that's it. No yeah. fucking yeah, yeah. So, way. So, so some people are really, really susceptible to so, it. So, so the thing is, right, is like, so if I'm on stage doing comedy, yeah. I'll do something similar, if you like, when yeah. I'm comparing, when I'm sort of talking to the audience and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, some people do not want to be spoken to at all. And it doesn't matter how much you try and get something out of them. They're so self-conscious of where they are, their surroundings yeah. and everything. They curl up into a ball and they go, no, I don't talk, I can't be spoken, so no. And, and, and you look shit then, because yeah. because even though it's not your fault, you've picked them, so you look shit. So what I do is I always sort of say, oh, give us a cheer if you've been to comedy before. Oh, give us a cheer if you haven't been. And by them cheering, that's me going, well, that person's up for talking, that yeah. person's up for talking, that person's up for talking. Yeah. So hypnosis is similar. Yes. You will get people in a crowd yeah. that are just like, Nah, never. Yeah. I do the same thing. So I feel the same as well. Is like, I'm like, I'm never, I, I don't want to be hypnotized. I don't want that. Yeah, I'm, I'm here today. I'm curious. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm curious <laughs> about it. I'm sort of like <laughs> high curious. That's what I am. Yeah. I'm sort of like, you know, trans curious. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, maybe one day, you know, if the conditions yeah. are right, if I meet someone special. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm just like, it, for me personally, I don't like the idea of giving up control. Yeah, of course. That's that's what most people's problem is. I got a similar thing in operations and stuff like yeah. that. I'm terrified of going under like anesthetic and shit because I don't. And the reason being, it sounds so fucking stupid, but the reason being is I know what I'm like as a person. Yeah. And I know that I would take that opportunity to be a massive cunt. So, <laughs> so I, I assume that everyone's like me, and that I go under and someone will go right, okay. You're in a very safe place. And when I click my fingers, you're going to shit your pants. You know, and then that's yeah. just going to be it. Can you make people do things they wouldn't otherwise do? Well, I haven't tried. Since I haven't ever, ever actually tried to apply it that way, if I'm honest. I've Why? Always applied, I've always applied it in a therapeutic area. Why? Why, Why have you never... Th like, if you have this power... I've got vulnerable people coming to see me, Freddie, haven't I? That'd be even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's... Uh, no, I've, like I say, I've always used it in a therapeutic sense. I mean... I imagine, uh, hypothetically, yes, because uh, obviously the whole world's in hypnosis at the moment, aren't they? So, like, uh, you can see how susceptible people are to things. When like you that. say the whole world is in hypnosis, what do you mean by that? Well, so everyone's just operating through subconscious programs, multiple subconscious programs. So you'll have a subconscious program that uh, kicks in when you go to the football. You'll have another one that kicks in when you go to see your mum and dad. So these are all semi-independent personalities. When you say a subconscious program, yeah. what you mean by that, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you have a certain 
you understand what behaviour is expected of you in that particular setting. No, no it's been it's been programmed through repetition. Sure, sure. Yeah, so, yeah. and so, we operate ninety percent of the time through these programs. So what? So what you're saying basically is that when you go to the football, yeah. you know that you're going to act and behave in a certain way. The same way every, you have done every time. And you don't need to think about it. So no, no you just do it on autopilot because you repeated it. Totally. So nobody yeah. goes to the football dressed in like formal attire and like, you know, speaks to the stewards and, <laughs> you know, like, you know, good afternoon, sir, you know. When will tonight's performance be? You, you know, because you understand that you're not at the theatre or whatever. Yeah. And similarly... No one goes to watch Mamma Mia or Les Mis, and when you know when Javert doesn't catch Jean Valjean, hey, you fucking, you shit, and you know you are. Yeah. Okay. So imagine you, uh, you like for example, I used to be a Liverpool fan when I used to go to the football. Well, I used to go with my dad at first, and we go to the dad and lads uh, the game. Dad and get dad and lads tickets, and then I just sort of uh, became a Liverpool fan. And then when I was going to the football, I was just doing it on autopilot. When yeah. I realized I realized this the most when I learned hypnosis, but then I took a, a massive dose of mushrooms. And what these mushrooms done, they obliterated a load of my subconscious programs. So the next time I went to the football, I wasn't interested anymore. Really? Yeah, yeah, really. That 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 part of my character was gone. So I was in I was in the football, my mates having a scream and I'm like yeah. It's pointless. And Umbi's <laughs> never worn glasses since. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just threw them up and yeah. just eyesight was fixed <laughs> yeah. no, through yeah. the magic of subconsciousness. Yeah. I, well, mushrooms can make you page. That's, that's what's happened. They can make you what? They can make you page. So purge, purge. is where you, where your page office. Oh, purge. Yeah, yeah. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. So yeah, mushrooms can make you page. If there's something there that needs to go, then the mushrooms okay. will help you to get it out sometimes. Really? So yeah. you, so so when you hear about Umbi being sick and sort of throwing up, um, yeah. you, you think that that is a like a, a physical manifestation of you throwing up your toxicity. Yeah. So, but you've got, you've got three, basically we've got three brains in the body. The enteric nervous system in the gut. So that's its own brain. That's the, the animal part of us. Then we've got the intercardiac nervous system in the chest and the cephalic brain in the, in the head. And they, it's about the communication between them that makes us be able to think. So a lot of people's anxiety lives in the solar plexus. That actually, uh, yeah, because I, yeah, I um, the reason I started getting on um, uh, anti-anxiety uh, medication in the first yeah. place a few years ago was I didn't realize that I always like I just always had like this pit yes. in my stomach like all the time. I didn't realize how bad and how constant it was until I actually started developing like stomach problems, like like for real, like um, and I didn't realize that I was just straight up ill. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I just thought it was just the anxiety pit in my stomach, uh, and then I shat myself at work because yes. I didn't realise that I had stomach so, problems. Wow! <laughs> I'd, 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 I'd say I'd guess the reason you purge, because a lot of people who come to me who, who do purge off a uh, off things like mushrooms, they got a lot of shame to work through, and I've found that in myself as well. It's like oh. yeah, yeah. so. It's sometimes even when people are meditating or they might do reiki, they can go into a purge off that, and it's all to do with. Shame store. No. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen that at women's hot yoga. <laughs> I've never seen oh, them God. all sat there in the yoga pants and all of a sudden one of them ends up like the exorcist and he's just it, projectile it, vomiting on everyone. It, it really depends what the person's got to deal with themselves. Oh, okay. Like, well, this is one of these things, right? Is And this is why I'm sort of like sort of suspicious about it is because you know how like you people bury things and you yes. forget about them yeah, refresh. well we refresh. my thing is is that i don't know what i've forgotten about yeah and so i don't know what's in there and so there might be something that's that's deep inside of me yeah. that i've successfully buried and put a lid on and it's 
you know, it's in the ground and it's done and it's sorted. And then someone goes digging into my subconscious, comes across this little box and goes, oh, what's in here? And they open it up and a load of like, you know, abuse just comes out or whatever that I previously, you know. Repression causes a lot of problems in our life because it's it's we we unconsciously learn from as children to repress emotion. Really? Every, yeah, we push everything down, but the thing is, it's always going to come back to haunt us in some way. Well, that, again, that reminds me of, a, like, the same therapy session that I yeah. did. They were talking to us about if you could meet, uh, so, like, if you could meet yourself as a child yeah. and then uh, say something to your, like, you say something to the, the child, what does the child say back? Yeah. And it was like, it threw up some fucking... Heavy shit. Heavy shit. Mine just says, <laughs> when did we get tits? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, like, it's mental. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's there's so many sort of preconceptions about hypnosis. Uh, we've, you, we've actually got a, a semi-independent personality in the mind called the inner child. So when you're doing hypnosis... Oh, is that like... I thought that was like bullshit from The Simpsons. No, 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 it's not bullshit. You know, like, what's it called? Uh, Brad Goodman, the fucking... Uh, you know that Simpsons episode? Yeah, I remember, yeah. Where they had the guy on, and, and Bart is like the, the the stereotypical inner child or yeah. whatever, and they all go out and buy yourself out DVDs. Yes. Yeah, I remember. Shit. But this is us from the ages of zero to seven. So the, it, what it does is it records everything that's happened because that's our main uh, stage of development where we're absorbing everyone else's behaviour. Okay. So a lot of the wounds that we take on in this time uh, need healing from. So you can actually take someone into a hypnosis and get them to meet their inner child and you take them from a place of darkness to a place of light and it, and it helps to heal a person. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? It's, it's interesting because there's still sort of like... Um, you know, uh, it, it, it's still sort of almost debated whether or not hypnosis is a thing, I think, by yeah. people. I think people sort of have this assumption of it that it's like Hollywood or like yeah. Darren Brown and stuff. Yeah. I mean, does that sort of like, is that an accurate representation of what you do? Uh, I wouldn't say it's an accurate representation of what I do, but uh, like I said before, when I said the whole world's in hypnosis, well, uh, the whole world's in hypnosis because we've been subconsciously programmed by the media. I okay. see, and right. Then, and what the, but this has happened, this is, we've always been in a form of hypnosis, which is why we go into such a, we have such disastrous times as humans, you know, like uh, fascism, communism, these sort of repressive states. Okay. Well, well, this is collective hypnosis. It's called a mass mass formation hypnosis. Okay. Uh, and it's, this was, uh, there was a Joe Rogan podcast about this the other week. Okay. And I've actually been lo- uh, looking into these since I was a kid because I'm really interested in like, authoritarian states and totalitarian states and uh, how they form and, and how it happens. And it turns out we just put into a form of hypnosis. So the news gives us our reality and then we project yeah. our reality outwards as if it's real. Yeah. Yeah, and then we act as if it's real. But it, see, obviously, I, I don't really sort of uh, subscribe to what's happening in the world at the moment. I was just about yeah. to sort of bring it to that. So I wasn't yeah, yeah. going to... I, I wasn't going to turn it into some sort Freddy. of... It's very entertaining. Well, I wasn't going to turn it into some sort of COVID conspiracy podcast or anything yes. like that, which, no. which is a shame because it would do great for views. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we already have one of those uh, out there. We uh, did a podcast with... I mean, it wasn't a COVID conspiracy one, but we did one yeah. with... Um, What's he called? Dean Gasket, the cage fighter. Oh, Dean, yeah. He's yeah. a good, good lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a great guy, but in my head, I was like, don't piss him off too much. 
<laughs> you know, like, don't, because he'll kick the no, fuck the out of me. He's a, he's a lovely lad. Yeah. Lovely Can't be bothered being choked out, because yes. I thought a booster oh, was no, a good he's, idea, do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he's no, got he's, me. He's, he's a really nice fella, fella. Yeah, and you know what, fella. incredibly articulate as well. Oh, very. You sort of expect cage fighters to be a bit like, mm, you, you know what I mean, a bit like, no, I just well, don't want very, it. very well read, he? Well, very, very well read. Do you know what, it's interesting because... It helped me to contextualise what's going on with the Novak Djokovic thing yeah. at the moment. And people sort of try and separate it into a, uh, like, get it or don't get it. Or, yes, you can. You it's know. narrative and counter-narrative. Well, look, I mean, I was trying... We had a, a comedian on with that one called Garrett Millerick. And Garrett is... He looks similar to myself. He's a big guy. He's got a beard. Yeah. We ain't winning no races. Do you know, yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so for us personally, it's like, yeah, I'll have the vax. Like, why do I fucking care what's in my... You know, like it's it's not going to do anything unless it gives me a heart problem and kills me. In which you know, which is very it's, unlikely. It's happening a lot around the world. Yeah, but still, statistically, dead unlikely for it to happen. Yeah. I, I'm probably, overwhelmingly, probably just going to live my life the same way as before. Yes. Whereas, if you're like an elite level athlete or something like that, if you lose, yeah. like point one percent of your strength or reflexes, yeah. or fuck, like whatever, yeah. then that could be the difference between being a world champion and losing your contract if you're a yeah. fighter or, you know, losing all your purse money and stuff. So I do kind of understand that, you know, if you're an absolute elite level athlete and you spent your whole life monitoring every fucking calorie that goes into your body, and that's how you have been hypnotised, if you like, yeah. to behave and be, I can understand when someone goes, nah, take it, it's right. You go, well, no, I'm going to question this in the same way that I question everything else. Yeah, I, well, I, I question everything, especially when people are just trying to sell me something. Yeah, no, well, I'm not no, asked. No, 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 no <laughs> but, but I, 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 I always think about uh, the kids in the future. It's like, when do we learn to say no? When do we learn to say, oh, no, this is far enough? Because look at the money these companies are making. You've got, well, you've got to look at the money the company's making. And I understand about cellular evolution. I understand that uh, we've we've evolved over billions of years. Yeah. And and we've also evolved uh, an immune system. And so me, myself, uh, over the years, while I've been doing uh, all these practices, learning meditation, yoga, hypnosis, all these different things, well, I, I learned all these to take me, get myself off cocaine and alcohol and other chemicals. Oh, so, really? So now I literally don't put any chemicals on my body. And okay. Then, and, uh, and so... For, for me to take that and, and, and think I need something to improve my immune system. Well, that's like think, feeling like, well, no, the immune system is not, not fit for purpose when yeah. it is. When if people are in any sort of negative emotion, they go into the fight or flight response. And as soon as someone's in fight or flight, the immune system is suppressed. I'm always in a positive mindset. I'm confident. I'm happy. I'm grateful. So my immune system is always fine. Okay. I, don't need, I don't need anything from the outside. And okay. neither anyone else, you know. But uh, uh, like I say, especially if you get something put it from the outside, anything at all, if you don't keep your mindset right, it's completely useless anyway. Okay. Okay. So, so you're more worried about it from a mindset perspective. A mindset perspective, but also the fact that I'm, I'm an animal. Uh, we are animals. Yeah. And I've got an immune system. And I really don't trust these, I call them snake oil salesmen, because that's what they are. Okay, I mean, I do, I do trust scientists, generally speaking. No, no, no see, that's the, that's the thing. It's, a, it's not... It's not really about science. It's about money and control. Well, I mean, I can... And that's why the hypnosis has done such a good job because they make us believe, make people believe that they need 
immunity, yeah. immunity is going to come at the end of a needle. When I can say, I mean, I mean, I can say both sides of it. So for me personally, if if it was just the government coming out and saying, um, "Listen, guys, seriously, for real, get this vaccine," I'd go, <laughs> "Go fuck yourselves," because I don't trust a word that comes out of your pissing mouths. Yeah. But I still do trust scientists. And I'm not talking no. about, like, the head of Moderna or whatever. Yeah. I'm just talking about a scientist. So so every doctor and scientist that I know yeah. and everyone that they know is all vaxxed. And yeah. so for me, I go, well, they understand what the risks are. They understand it more than me. I'll just do what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? Just wait until more people find out about the yellow card scheme. Okay. And find out about the advice. Like referees coming round. No, 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 this is an actual government scheme. That's okay. Been, since vaccine rollout, since from, from 1988, you've had something called the yellow card scheme where you report adverse reactions. And if you look at the pie chart, okay. from 1988 to 2021, yeah. right, was half the pie chart. Yeah. The other half is this rollout. Oh, okay. okay so it's, uh, it's uh, maybe they've all got negative mindsets. No, 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 no. It's, uh, no it's, uh, they came in with a. They had a bad day in the morning, and then they had the Pfizer vaccine or whatever, and now they've got three but, arms. But, but then again, I bring it back to the kids. It's like, okay, Sand, if we accept this now, it's like, what's it going to be like for them in the future? Is it going to be like where you get a, a loyalty card where you have to get 12 yeah, in, but a, in a year? People said the same about polio, didn't they? They were like, oh, if you have the polio vaccine, oh, that's going to affect it. And nothing happened. Do you know what I mean? We've been giving kids vaccines for fucking ages, like no, MMR and no, shit. No, but this one's different, isn't it? Even the man who invented an mRNA vaccine, he's come out on the Joe Rogan podcast to say that he doesn't trust it, and he invented it. And he's, he's actually they tried to suppress him. And all this, I know what you're saying about scientists, but any scientist who's got an opposing view has actually been silenced. But and they don't all—they don't all work the same way. Right. So all the vaccines, they don't all rely off specifically the same technology. So um, uh, uh, AstraZeneca is more of the mRNA thing, but the Pfizer and Moderna and the other one have a different way of operating. See, see this is why the hypnosis, the mass formation, the hypnosis, has done such a good job. Okay. Because do you remember 2009, 2010, 2011? That was not really. I remember it. I, I had remember, no idea. I remember because that was swine flu. And then what happened was after swine flu, right? After so many people got harmed by the Tammy flu vaccine, it stopped the, they stopped the rollout. Okay. And, and loads of countries end up with stockpiles of vaccines. Yeah. And now what's happening now is uh, loads of countries around the world have got stockpiles of boosters because loads of people have agreed to one and two. But then they're like, you know what? That's enough now. So, yeah, I mean, I. I do think there's something in that. So, for example, I saw a thing where it was like um, Moderna, uh, the chief of Moderna came out and said, oh, you might need a fourth uh, booster. And I remember thinking, like this I wonder I wonder why you would want to uh, push that yeah, agenda. Push, like, they're like this. Yeah. They're like this because it's, it's the money well, that's being made. The thing is, is, I'm not saying it definitely is or definitely isn't. All I'm saying is that if I was them... Yeah. And that's what I'd do. Do you know what I mean? So so I yeah. can justify it. Because if I was in their position, I'd go, oh, yeah, you might you might need another one of these, you know, just just to be yeah. sure. I, I, I don't. I, see, I, I'd rather take the risk of getting a, uh, getting a virus itself. And I'd put myself in bed for a couple of days with some honey and lemon, maybe do some breath work to get st stuff off my chest and, uh, and keep myself in a positive mind state. Yeah. And I, I think that's a, a much better way forward because I've always done it that way. And that's the way I will always do it. No matter what, how much coercion they offer, but what, it's never going to happen. What they would say, I mean, what doctors and nurses would say 
is that if you get bad COVID, then no amount no. of thinking positively well, that's is going to... Gonna... That's more of the hypnosis because we've actually seen how it's unfolded. Like, I get told I'm in a pandemic and all these people on the bus... I get a bus everywhere, Freddie. All these people are in a pandemic and, like, I'm meant to be doing things for their health. But I'm getting on the bus and, like, Lineker Road and Boot Up, right? And it's <laughs> it's rough, very specific. It's rough, it's rough as toast, mate. It's rough as toast. I've people, never heard rough as toast all, all either. I love people, it. All these people getting on the bus have never taken care of their health. And yeah. all of a sudden, they got this dirty rag in their pocket full of bogeys, full of germs, and they go, like this, now I'm healthy. It's not okay. to do with health, it's to do with virtue signaling. Okay. It's what, a big, massive virtue signal. I love how uh, Umbi just looked at the camera then as if to say, like, the views the views of Kev the Mind Shaman are not representative of me. Are you sort of pro, pro or minus, or were you sat on this? Oh, yeah, I'm pro, pro vaccine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you think about the whole... Uh, the... Remember when this episode was about hypnosis? Yeah, well, it, it goes but off no, on tangents no, and stuff. So the reason it's gone off topic is because, obviously, if you've got so many people to agree to something that, like, it's going to... Well, I, I believe it's eventually going to come well, on to... I think it's... I, I do think it's interesting that I think everyone looks at the pandemic in a different way. It's not a pandemic. And but, well, well, look, everyone looks at... Okay, I'm going to use the term... Pan, if, if, if the, if, I'm yeah. going to use the term pandemic for the thing that's been happening for the last couple of years. And I'm, the psychological operation? I'm just, no, no. Why not? Because it's like three words. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, just can't uh, be bothered to say it. Call it, it psyop then. Gonna, right, yeah, what? Call it, call it psyop. Yeah, that's but, a, that's a, that's a shit I'd have read. But, but here's the thing. Let's, is when, be, let's be halfway. Let's call it plandemic. Right, right. right. Let's call it plandemic. Yeah, let's call it the plandemic. Yeah. So uh, when we um, talk about what's been happening over the last couple of years, yeah. everybody, I think, contextualizes what's happened within the frame of their own references. So, for example, if you are somebody whose parents are very vulnerable and you're very close to them, then quite naturally, you're going to be in a heightened sense of, of awareness and being worried about this. Okay, well, Which is why they caused the anxiety in the first place. Sure. Yeah. If, if you're somebody whose job it is, like mine, to go out and to do stand-up and you kind of really need rooms full of full people yeah. not wearing PPE, then naturally my inclination is going to be, well, I'm not a fan of social distancing and I'm not a fan of wearing a mask because that stops me from doing my job, which is something that I really enjoy and is a way of putting food on the table. Uh, so I think it's interesting that if you're a, um, you know, if, if you do hypnotism and stuff yeah. and you, you're very interested in mass hypnosis, then you must look at the last couple of years. Are you looking at it as some sort of, do you know when you said at the beginning about how when a stage hypnotist comes on and they do a trance to everybody yeah. and a few people will really go under and then a few people will be a bit uh, a bit floppy and yeah. then a few people will just be sat there being like, well, what do you well, want? No, what do you think that, in your head, do you think that the government are doing the same thing? Yes, and, and, oh. and uh, what, I think what they're using is they're using a, it's, it's, it's peer pressure, isn't it? Because I understand that a lot of these people who are getting on the bus in Bootle Right well, if they were really that scared, they wouldn't be getting on a bus. They stay at home. Okay. Okay. And that, and that to me, I mean, I found I found the last couple of years like really, really amusing because I can't I can't believe that people. Well, I think it's interesting. So deeply to it. I, I think it's interesting from a hypnosis perspective. Yeah. Um, that you're sort of looking at it through the, because I always used to think that hypnosis was very specifically one person 
laid on a couch or in the street or whatever and someone clicks the fingers and goes you're under like that and then they you know they fall asleep you know like the little britain do you ever watch that yeah, little yeah, britain course, thing with the yeah. uh, matt lucas look into my eyes not around the eyes look into my eyes you're under like that shit, right yeah. so i didn't think of hypnosis as being the um continued um forcing of a certain behavior upon it's, people it's, it's all about repetition of behavior okay so i didn't repetition of any behavior will lock that into the subconscious as a program and then we operate from the programs 90% of the time. So when you go to hypnotize somebody later on, yeah. what are you going to try and get them to repeat? Like, like what oh, what, no, what behavior are you looking for? No, see, what, what it's, it's more about uh, the hypnosis will be to help people work through patterns that they've been repeating. So say like someone's I been repeating see. a destructive pattern. Okay. And what you might do is you might take the conscious mind out the way to get access to the subconscious program. And so then you help them work through the subconscious program and take that one away. Is that what the state of hypnosis is about then? So so is it a, a way of uh, quietening the conscious mind yes. and sort of uh, allowing the subconscious mind to come to the front. Yeah. And then you get to whisper stuff at the unconscious mind and say like, you know, stop smoking. Or whatever we might speak to when we do the, the hypnosis with umbi later on uh, i was thinking we can do in a, a a simple inner child hypnosis but also something called integration of the shadow okay. oh that sounds that sounds like a dungeons and dragons shit right. well so what this is another thing we've all got a shadow self so okay so what happens is as we're as we're uh, developing when we're younger uh, we develop a persona which is the social mask we use to interact with others. Okay. And well, what what this does is, as we as we uh, as we're developing, we're trying, we're taking on the the patterns of people around us. Sure. But that's not they're not our patterns and who we are in here. Okay. You come here as a unique human. Yeah. I come here as a unique human. But then t we tend to group together in these big mass formations, and then we keep the persona on because this is the the mask that we wear to interact with others. Didn't, okay. I didn't think you believed in wearing masks. Well, <laughs> I took mine off. I tried, I tried to take mine off a long time ago, Freddie. Do you know but what? You, but what it is, is a lot of people are agreeing to certain things in the world because they're, they're scared of letting the mask slip because one of the deepest fears in humans is getting kicked out of the village. Well, I mean, I so, so my sort of uh, academic background is in uh, language and linguistics. Yeah. So we have a similar thing in there, but they call it like face. Yeah. And the idea is that, um, you know, you, you put certain faces on yeah. uh, depending on what situation you're in. Yeah. But I think what's different to what you said is that you were talking about like a single mask, whereas... No, no, it's not a single mask. Ah, it's right. multiple masks. So you'll have a different mask for different situations. Well, so, hypothetically, yeah. your mask is, is infinitely different because, I mean, this is... This is what I always found interesting is that people talk about having a different mask, like that's a helpful idea. But the idea of having a mask makes me believe that you can use it twice, as it were. Like you go, oh, this is my family mask. And then you slip into it and then you put your mask on. In uh, like sort of neurodivergence, sort of autism, ADHD, that sort of thing, there is a term masking, which is um, if you say are an autistic child, you learn sort of... Uh, usually quite early on or at least by the time that you're in sort of your uh, sort of preteen phase that like certain behaviors that are like sort of just a part of who you are are not like accepted or are not like um sort of normal and you learn to sort of um uh, repress those uh, uh at least in social situations and yeah it, and it's literally it is called masking it's like when you are out in a social situation like you sort of repress them all um sort of 
uh, neurodivergent tendencies uh, so that you appear more like socially acceptable. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's it's um, and then you know you you get back to a place, or if you're in it, particular, if you're able, like uh, feel very comfortable around someone, you can take the mask off, as it were. And it's um, it, like, it's like when as a fat person, if you're topless, you breathe in. Do you know what I mean? Like you go, like that. You go. Look, I'm just like everybody else. <laughs> the, the persona forms as we realise certain behaviours are acceptable and certain behaviours are unacceptable to our group. Do you know? Just right. going back to what you said, Umbi, um, and this is something that I hadn't really thought about before. Is it harder to hypnotise people with autism and ADHD and stuff like that? Because in in my limited understanding of that there's like a hyper focus there or there's there's at least there's a a, a a mind that works differently to what the accepted you know sort of way that a mind should work is so for example i, I think of like a mechanic working on a car if yeah. a car usually has an engine at the front do you know what i mean like, and you get used to working on that and then you come across a car with the engine that's on the fucking roof or whatever. You're like, well, this is a... And the car still runs perfectly. It's just the engine's in a different place. You're like, well, this is a different way of working. Do you... I mean, have you ever hypnotised people with neuro... I haven't had the opportunity to yet, but I imagine it's going to work the same. If, if the person is willing to be hypnotised, then they're going to be able to go into hypnosis. I haven't got an official diagnosis, but I'm like 95% sure I have ADHD. So let's find out today. No, that's me, but what, it, what, what, exactly, what exactly do we think ADHD is? Attention deficit. No, 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 but, what, oh. no, no, but that's me, but it's obviously it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good uh, label to give people. Yeah. Well, I've, I'd say, I probably might describe myself as, as I was growing up as having ADHD, uh, because I couldn't pay attention to things I wasn't interested in. So they tried to give me something in school and I wasn't interested in it, I couldn't pay attention to it. But if you give me something I'm interested in, I will spend days and days and days interested in it. Isn't that what everyone does, though? There you go. Like... No, but that's to me. But, 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 so, but I, this comes back to trying to sell people something. If you give them a label, you can sell them Yeah, but if you, if you gave me like a 500 page book on like the history of cardboard or something yeah. like that i wouldn't be like well let's dive straight in you do you go. know what i mean no but i just think that that's like a human thing i think everyone does that whereas the whole point of having like these little subsections of um you know uh how the brain functions yeah. is that they do something that's different than what the norm is yeah. and i think the norm is is that if you aren't interested by something then it's harder to focus on it i think that's just a normal thing and like neurodivergence is 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 real like yeah sure bra brains are some brains are just hardwired different but like, it's 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 on a spectrum isn't it yeah. it's a it's a spectrum well, of things. I, well I, I used to not be able to pay attention to anything but once i started meditating and do working with my own mind and learning to calm myself i, I find it no problem paying attention to how myself. often do you meditate uh, at least two three times a day Whoa, I wasn't expecting that. No, no, we do a lot. I do a lot of breath work, a lot of meditation. I actually teach I teach meditation courses. So how do you? How long does it take to for you to meditate? So what I'll do, uh, the regular one I do in the morning, I'll use uh, something called a mantra, which is uh, a word you repeat over and over. Okay, so I'll spend a few minutes breathing, relax my body, and then I'll let the mantra go. And you go. The mantra, well, the mantra is sort of... I'm fucking boss. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just come out of the way, you're like, yeah, yes. fucking that's, love no, it. That's, that's a pretty good mantra. Is it? Yeah, I'm fucking boss is a brilliant mantra, yeah. Is it? I like yeah, yeah. that. Oh, you're building yourself up, aren't you? What would, you, what would your mantra be, Umbu? Uh, like, 
I'm sexy as hell. I'm sexy <laughs> as hell. Yeah. That would be so weird. Look, right, if, if someone walked in on me yeah. and I'm and I'm there like on my bed or whatever or on the floor going, I'm fucking boss. I'm fucking boss. And people would be like, Well, he's got a bit of an ego, hasn't he? Yeah. But imagine if someone walked in and you're going, I am sexy as hell. <laughs> They'd be like, Whoa, okay. Someone's just finished or is just about to start <laughs> masturbating. I in better front of a full length mirror. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Client, clients of mine that have said that they've got ADHD, uh, they found that has improved when they've started doing meditation or processing emotions. Re well, I mean, yeah. I could probably see, like if you have something like autism or ADHD or Asperger's or something like that, and it's a, it's an issue, I think, sometimes of focus, isn't it? And yes. people get in incredibly focused on one specific thing. Yeah. I imagine if you can just um, shift that lens of focus, yeah onto meditation and relaxation then it's, it's it's like having a big a big spotlight and rather than trying to switch the spotlight off if you just sort of tilt it in a different yeah, direction yeah. yeah then i imagine that you know it, it might be harder to get them into trance but once they're into trance they are fucking into trance yes. like like they're trancing for days they're on levels that you can't even they are under you know yeah. shit i fuck i it's so it's so interesting how it all operates and works. I do know that yeah. you can hypnotize people with uh, ADHD and autism because I actually I follow uh, some like hypno folk on TikTok as it is. Uh, oh really? Yeah. And you know what I was surprised to learn is that uh, hypnosis actually has uh, its own sub. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised to learn everything's got its own subset. But like hypnosis has its own subset in uh, kink. Yes, I was going to mention this. Yeah, I was going to mention this. What? So there's, 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 so there's like kinky hypnosis. So it's like, <laughs> but to oh, yeah. be fair, yeah. like I don't, um, I'm not surprised by that at all because no. if you could say to somebody, right, okay, I'm going to put you under <laughs> and uh, every time I click my fingers, you're going to have the best orgasm of your life. I imagine that that would be um, like, that'd be a good thing for everyone. Oh, I'd, yeah. like at that point, I would be going out to jazz clubs just... <laughs> ah, that's so funny <laughs> um but yeah that's I, I mean that's that's definitely a thing it's whether or not though is like it, it's how far you could take it though yeah. because i imagine that like there's there's a limit to everything isn't there always so in, in terms i mean could you hypothetically i can't believe we're asking this could you hypothetically if, if you did it enough could you train someone to like make someone come just by like hearing a sound i i couldn't tell you i couldn't tell you but i'll try it off for you if you want <laughs> absolutely not yeah. absolutely do you, not do you want to do it on a podcast a no, no 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 every time you wear your mask on the bus <laughs> <laughs> every time i slip it on the earth yeah. jesus <laughs> Oh, yeah. fucking hell. That's mental. That is fucking mental. Right, let's read out. I've got some uh, I've got some questions from yeah, people. Yeah, no problem. So what I usually do is, <laughs> obviously, we have a Patreon on here, and they have, um, uh, I, I tell them who's coming on a few days in advance, yeah. or uh, sometimes a few hours in advance, and I completely forget. Uh, and they are, uh, they can ask questions. And so, yeah. you know, if you want to get involved in that, then by all means, visit patreon.com forward slash pivoted. And uh, genuinely, though, uh, you get like an extra episode and stuff, and you get access to Discord servers and loads of extra benefits, and it helps keep the podcast running. So, uh, chars. Uh, right, let's have a look here very quickly and try and see if I can get up this uh, post. Give me a sec. Uh, there we go. Ask a question. Right. Okay. So, 
first question is oh so, so Carl Dunlop has mentioned this I think we've already sort of talked upon it really I want to know how accurate the hypnotism scene is in Get Out with teacup stirring and that have you have you ever watched Get Out no I haven't have you not no I don't watch telly it's a film I wish I haven't watched it's it though. fucking really I'll good have to, I'll have to have a little look so it's a, it's a really good uh, uh, horror film but one of the things that they do is they hypnotise this guy. Yeah. And the way that they hypnotise him is they bring him into this room, they just start having a conversation. Yeah. And then they, uh, the woman is stirring a teacup, and yeah. that sound of the uh, spoon going against the portion of the teacup yeah. as it's stirring, that puts him into trance. Oh, really? So he wants to know how sort of, like, he puts, I mean, I know you can't ambush someone with hypnotism in real life, but it's such a great scene. I'd like to know if it's well-researched or just a good piece of cinema. I'd say it's a well-researched piece. Of, I think it'd be a bit of a theatre. You I'd think? Say, I think so, yeah. So he can be put into trance just by staring the cup. Well, he would have had to probably be previously put into trance, and then the suggestion is when someone stares this cup, you were going to trance. Because well, by that point in the film, he's been there for a couple of days, right? Or he's he's, yeah, been so, there for a while. So he's probably so, been like... like. I imagine I imagine somebody would have had, to already had, had an induction to put the suggestion in. When you hear a cup's there, and you were going to relaxation. But you can't, like... Um, uh, you, you can't put someone into trance without knowing... Without them knowing that they're going into trance. Like, say, everyone, everyone uh, that I work with is coming with the expectation that they're going to go into hypnosis. And I see as all healing as self-healing. So if someone... Whenever anyone books in to see me anyway, anyway yeah. whatever it is they need to deal with also rises to the surface. To sure. Because yeah? it's like I say, it's, it's their body getting ready to heal. Well, I'm guessing like, that some people don't know... Like, they don't need it, necessarily. They don't need hypnosis no. to bring this out of them. No. So I thought that when I went to uh, sort of see somebody, I yeah. knew exactly, in my head, I, I thought about it, and I'd ruminated, and I'd sort of... Um, I, I knew exactly what I thought the problem was, and I knew exactly the block that I had in place. Yeah. But I imagine that there's some people who are like, I just don't know why I no. don't like bees. Do you know what I mean? And then you've, <laughs> then you've got to, like, you know, you know, put them under chance and be like, oh, you were raped by a beekeeper or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what that even means. Full guard. Um, and then you go, oh, right, okay, that's that's the reason. But, but yeah. they've buried it. They've buried the yes. reason. Most, most people's fears come about as, say, someone comes in with a spider fear you'll probably uncover the fact that the mum or the dad might have been scared of spiders when you were young. So they've taken on board that that spider must yeah. be dangerous. So that's where a lot of spider, uh, them sort of fears come from originally. Okay. Yeah, but, see, so you were talking before about the cinema technique. Yeah. Well, the cinema technique is a technique that you'd use, and what you're trying to do is you're trying to change the way the, 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 the frightening object appears. The perspective. Yeah, the perspective. So say, for example, someone comes in with a spider fear, you might take them into the cinema and sometimes you'll even float them above themselves so they're above themselves watching themselves watching the screen so you really remove them from the issue to start with okay and then you might run a film with the spider on it or like a a, a time a, a spider like really scared someone and then what you'll do is you try to change the way the image appears so you might add you might give them funny shoes and a walking stick and a funny hat okay. oh and then once you do that with the spider Humour is a great way to break trauma. Yeah. So that's what you're doing. And you might add funny music like Benny Hill or something like that. Yeah. You might take it backwards at twice the speed. When you say humour is a great way to break trauma... Humour is one of the best ways we can break trauma. That's I've really that's so much about so many comedians. Yes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, no, comedians are healers. 
No way. I don't think anybody at Birmingham <laughs> Just the Tonic Comedy Loft got healed by me Listen, on a Saturday night. Comedy gets comedy gets for me through a lot. I, I, lo- I love watching comedy. I love Paul. I like watching your videos. Oh, ble- oh bless you. Yeah. I, I love your way. I love, I love the way you just wind people up on the uh, social media when you, you comment. <laughs> and you just, you just tear the back out of them. That's not that. like I me. That. I love that. I, well, do you know what it is? Is I think that um, once people have a there's a lot of negativity online um and i think that it depends how you want to react to that and i think that if you let it you can be like oh people don't like me and i i've always found it weird that people are like somebody that i don't know and have never met and will never meet doesn't like me and it's like so do you know what it is? We live in a very protected society where we can complain about these sort of things. Yeah. We've never actually had any real adversity like some of the countries in the world too. So we will, people do tend to complain about things that they shouldn't really complain about. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I so guess. why you need comedians to wind them up. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I'm yeah. going to use that the next time I uh, the next time I I do a joke that pisses somebody off. Yeah. Which let's be fair, might be this evening. Um, I'll be like, listen, what I'm actually doing is curing your trauma yeah. <laughs> through laughter. Um, okay, uh, Christopher Smalley asks a really good question here. Yeah. Are there some form of ethical guidelines that you need to? follow to practice so so i that this is what i was saying before i'll only do things in a therapeutic sense okay uh, and that what that's to me is an ethical way to use it but is there like a specific ethical handbook that says listen okay if you're going to be like uh, is there an accreditation for like yeah, hypnotists yeah, yeah. so, so well, I, I i went to learn i went to learn my hypnosis off a, a psychologist okay called a uh, paulie and she was a brilliant teacher i learned quite a lot from paulina yeah i learned the hypnosis I learned nlp eft uh, EMDR, uh, all sorts of different therapies. But, but but here's the thing, right? Is is there one specific, like so? For example, if you're getting your gas boiler sorted, yeah. then the guy needs to be corgi registered. Yeah. Is there like, all right? So if you're delving into trauma, or yeah. if you're doing this, do you have to be have like a certain specific accreditation? Well, no, I haven't. I haven't got accreditation. Wow. Anymore. I thought that you would have done. No. That's no. really interesting. I thought that there'd be. Like some sort of national, like you know, like if you're a doctor or something like that, then you have to have this. Some people do belong to them, sort of. uh, Oh wow, shit! Not necessarily. Wow, that is that's really interesting. I thought it was going to be the other way around. I thought it was like, yeah, we're all in order to practice. You have to be a member of the fucking guild of hypnotists or whatever. (laughs) I thought because the thing is, is what you're doing potentially is very powerful. And I imagine that if you fuck it up in the same way that an unlicensed surgeon, if they fucked it up, could leave you with long-lasting damage. You've got a liability insurance to cover that. Yeah, but... yeah, but I'm th- I'm not thinking of you. I'm thinking of the the, the person. No, 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 no. But what I mean, what I mean is, what I mean is, right? Uh, so one of the one of the things that I, I was drilled into me, and I had I drilled into others, is you never leave anybody with an open trauma. Once oh, you, okay. Once, once you open up a trauma, you you have to give that person 
uh, you had to come to the. I have to help them release the trauma for one. In that session. In that session. Like when you yeah. go to the goodbye thing on a Ouija board, so that you know the spirits <laughs> can, can piss off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. No, you world. say bye first. No, you <laughs> see you later, Gran. Um, I'd say I'd okay. say it can be applied in a way a person wants to apply it. Whereas I've always wanted to apply it in a way where I want to uh, get the best result for the people who come but to see me. What I mean is, is, so with regards to the open trauma thing, yeah. uh, do you always close the trauma during that session, or yeah. are we talking... No, no, I always close the trauma during but that session. How do you know that it's closed? Because the person's released the emotional uh, the emotional reaction from it. Oh, I you're, see. What, you, what is you trying to do is you're just trying to help the person release the emotional response within the sure. body. And, okay. Uh, and as long as you help them do that, you'll give them clarity on the uh, on the issue. That's really interesting. Do you know what? It's it's just like I mean, I I I think with stuff like this, yeah. there is a potential. Yeah. That if you poke around and don't know what you're doing, let's yeah. say for example, you taught me yeah. how to put Umbi into trance. Yeah. Okay. And I put them into trance, and I start poking around yeah. in the subconscious mind, having a little poke, having a little yeah. poke. And then I find, yeah, that's right. I start poking Umbi when they're unconscious. That's not a uh, that's not a potentially problematic thing for me to say. Uh, so I'm having a little poke around, do, 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 and I find this this hive of trauma, if you yeah. like, this this big, uh, you know, thing. And I go, ooh, let's have a little, let's have a look what's in there. And I have a look. And then it turns out that it's something really bad that I have no knowledge to deal with. And then I panic and then Umbi's in trance crying and, yeah. you know, screaming daddy and headbutting walls and stuff. I don't know. Uh, Do you poke <laughs> me while I'm unconscious and get me to scream daddy. Okay, got it. <laughs> it's, that, it's that choker. It's subconsciously doing things. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, I have a problem or whatever and I panic and I go, Ooh, come out of trance, come out of trance or whatever. And then all of a sudden I'm left with this quivering wreck. Am I not like liably responsible well, or anything? Am well, I not? So, so this is why I wouldn't teach. I, I don't teach hypnosis to people. I use it myself as alongside a lot of other techniques. But I, I teach other techniques to people to use on others. But I wouldn't actually teach hypnosis uh, for others to use. Oh, okay. Because, like I say, it comes down to personal ethics. Like I want to get the best results for people who come to see me. So there's no there's no specific code of practice then that all hypnotists have to follow. So, like, there's a code of ethics that you yourself operate. You're a good yes. person and you go, well, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't yeah. want to harm anybody. I want to leave anybody good. But there's no, you know, doctors have like, you know, thou shall do no harm. And, you know, they have the Hippocratic Oath yeah. and shit like that. There's nothing about no, that with well, hypnotists. No, no, but that's, but that's the thing. It's a, uh, even though they have that Hippocratic Oath, you could argue that a, uh, pharmaceuticals uh, and over-medicating people has caused a lot of problems in society. Okay. You could argue that. Look at the opioid epidemic. <laughs> you fucking hate pharmaceuticals. No, 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 you so, no, 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 I, no, I, I take a balanced approach with everything, right? Yeah. So everything's got its place. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's got its place, but there's got to be a point where, like, okay, so say, like, I go to the doctors and I've got a small amount of anxiety. Yeah. Right? Well, if he gives me tablets... And that can potentially make that anxiety worse because then it's repressing it. Okay. Whereas, whereas, whereas uh, I teach people to help people deal with anxiety within but, a couple of hours. What I imagine, though, is that if you're taking the tablets, if yeah. you're taking... The repression symptoms. If you're taking uh, citralopram for yeah. your anxiety uh, and then other fucking medicines are available. Uh, if you're taking citralopram for your anxiety or whatever 
and you go, do you know what, this is making me worse, then you just stop taking them. Whereas if you've done some hypnosis and then you've gone, this has made me worse, you can't undo that yourself. You can't just, you're then stuck in that state. Whereas if you have medicine and you're having it and then it's making you worse, you stop it and after a couple of days you... I can't, I'm going to argue his point here. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 Because I had, you know, I I was on uh, fluoxetine for like six years for my anxiety. And I found out that that was, uh, while it was helping my anxiety, it was making my depression worse. Yes. Uh, uh, So now I, but then I I talked to a doctor and I talked to some friends who had been on various different medications and I switched to sertraline. Now that uh, has helped my anxiety and my depression. Yeah. So, you know, you switch the medication, uh, it fixes things. With hypnosis, I mean, I don't think there's one type of hypnosis, right? Like there's there's different forms of it. Yeah. So maybe, you know, you've got the one that didn't help, but then you can find a, a method of okay. it that will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And plus, okay. I use hypnosis when it's specifically something like, say, to stop smoking, right? Yeah. But I use a lot of other techniques like NLP, neuro-linguistic program, and that's the one I use the most of. Okay. And this is a really effective way to help people process trauma. So talk to me very quickly about what NLP is. So it means neuro-linguistic programming. So it's Love neuro it. means obviously neuron. Yeah. Linguistic means the language. Yeah. Programming is the language we use to program our minds. Okay. Right? So you can, we've been linguistically programmed our whole life. Okay. We've got an inner narrative that repeats itself 90% of the time. Okay. Okay. And this creates the character we believe ourselves to be. NLP can help you make changes to help people make the slight character changes they need to just, they might need to just refocus from here to here. My dad, right. uh, he, he's a, a, a sales executive uh, and he has actually uh, went to NLP workshops because yes. sales folk use it uh, a fair amount to um, sort of, you know, they incorporate sort of uh, NLP into their sales pitches. Oh, I'm know, super into stuff uh, like this. In, in order yeah. to make, the, you know, potential buyers more receptive to the product that yeah. they're selling. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's using language patterns. So you can use certain language patterns can help oh, to okay. reprogram and certain language patterns you can help to people to unpick programs. Uh, it just okay. depends on how you're using the language patterns. But then... The NLP to me is more about using the imagination positively. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So say, for example, I, I want to help someone process anxiety. Well, I might get them to use a really positive experience from their life, and then you use a, a technique called visual squash. And it's basically about placing the positive in the right, the negative in the left, and you bring them together. And that helps to release the emotion connected to the feeling. Right. So I might get someone come in, and they might we have a conversation, and as we're talking... As they're talking and telling me their story and telling me what they need to yeah. sort of let go of, well, I'm writing down feelings. So then what I'll do is I'll, I might have eight or nine feelings, like resentment and anger and sadness and guilt and shame, and then we process each one to a zero. So we open the trauma, close it to a zero, and it takes all the emotional uh, the emotional response out the body. So then you've given someone a massive clearance in the mind and in the body itself. This is really interesting for me because, like... I'm somebody who is very sort of like uh, physical and tactile and stuff like yes. that. And for me personally, in in order for something, to, this is going to sound horrible, but in order for something to have like intrinsic value as yes. a service, it has to exist um, like physically. Yes. So for me personally, I go, well, how can you possibly say, right, think of something good, right? You know that time that you're a, a kid and you won a sports race or whatever, right? Put that in your fucking left yes. hand. Right, think about um, how you've got a fear of escalators. Right, put that in your fucking right hand. Right, squash them together, you're done. See us in a bit. Right, to me, I go, how can that possibly work? However, the fact that it does work should be in itself 
enough for me to legitimize it. But I find that really I find that really difficult because I go, well, you're just saying words. And but at the same time, if it works, I mean, it's, it's like that saying, it what works is what works for you. Yeah. And as long as you find something yeah. to make this person get over what it is they need to get over, then who gives a fuck That's if you Yeah, who gives it's a fuck if you've put them under for eight hours and you've whispered like, you know, snakes aren't gonna hurt you in your sleep or whatever. <laughs> or or if you've like just said, oh you know snakes and that, they don't have legs, so just chill. And then like whatever it is for them to like get over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, whatever it is that makes it work, it, it shouldn't really make a difference if it took 10 seconds or five hours. I can show you a dead quick example if you want. Okay, yeah, go on then. You can do it with yourself or you can do it with Umbi. Okay, <laughs> okay, what are we doing? <laughs> Fuck, no. right, okay, already I'm, I'm a bit, yeah. Oh, you're well, not doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't, actually, why do don't you both do it? Why don't All we right, both yeah. do it? So, so what I swear to God, if you start, if you click your fingers now, and then when I wake so up, I've got fucking Umbi's yeah. dick in my mouth <laughs> and my fucking arsehole stings or something like that, I'm going to be I'll, furious I'll, with I'll you. I'll try my best to restrain myself. Right, if you start stirring a cup of tea now, I'm fucking gone. <laughs> I'm absolutely gone. Right, okay. Right, right, so basically what we're going to use is we're going to use uh, positive things from your life. Right, okay. So it's going to be a group Fuck. of people that you love and you're going to put them in... Already a you've lost me. <laughs> no, a group? Put, you're going to put them into a place that brings you peace and happiness. So then what okay. you're doing is you're creating love Gratitude and peace, which is a mix of positive emotions. Okay, so right. so think of a group of people that I love. Right, so what we're going to do is you're going to bring your hands to your lap or onto the table, wherever <laughs> right. you're more comfortable. Hang right. about a minute, hang about, because I need to think of a I need to think of a group of people that I love. Family members, friends, family. any any family other acquaintances. Okay, I'll pick two family. <laughs> I'll pick a couple. Try, try to go for a group of about five or six people if you can. Are you allowed animals on there, Freddy? Oh, right. Yeah. Dexter, you're coming with me. Um, right, okay. Okay, so both close your eyes. Okay. So first imagine you're holding this group of people in your right hand, okay? After smiling, looking really bright. The what? After smiling, looking really oh, right. bright and happy. They look really bright and happy. Okay. Yeah, you all look happy. Okay, and let me know when you've got a group of around five or six people. <laughs> got a group of around five or six. Okay. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Ombi? Yeah, I got them. Okay, now put them in a place that makes you feel really peaceful and happy. Like, it might be the beach, it might be a favourite holiday you've been on. And let me know when you've got a place with all your people. Okay, yeah, yeah got a place okay, with all now people. allow this whole image to become brighter, louder, more colourful, more intense, and even more vibrant, larger than life. Okay. Make a fist with your right hand. Take three deep breaths in and out to lock it into your subconscious for you to be able to use it any time. And after your third breath, bring your hands together palm to palm. You'll feel a gentle release from somewhere in the body. When this happens, take them apart and open your eyes. And you'll notice when okay. open your eyes, the room looks brighter. It does! Because yes. right. the outside oh, world is a reflection of the inside I world. think that's oh, because we just had our eyes closed. Yeah, 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 it's because I've had my eyes closed and there's been <laughs> loads well, of things. Well, no, but every single other person, every single yeah. person I work with, one of the cues to help them know that something's changed because you want to increase the person's intrinsic motivation. Okay. So if you can show them that something has just shifted, so every time they open their eyes, you realise it's gone brighter because the outside world is a reflection of the inside world. Do you know what's really funny, though, is, yeah. like, so I swear that my, like, I'm, I'm one of those people, right, who I, I physically can't stop thinking about things. Yes. And so I always, from the beginning of the day till yeah. the end of the day, I'm thinking about something, yes. and I have something on the back burner as yes. well. It's just how I've always been. 
And then when I talk to, like, particularly, like, my other half and stuff, I'm like, what are you thinking about? It's like, nothing. And it's like, well, I've, I've never had that in my life. Yeah. So, no, you're not. And it's like, no, I'm genuinely just, I'm not thinking about anything. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I've, I've never had that, right? Um, and so even then, when I'm, like, trying to focus on one thing, yeah. like, as soon as you said make a fist, I'm like, I'm crushing my family. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, in my head, I was like, die! Don't know why. It's just fucking... It's just what your mind works. It's always, looking just, for the, it's always looking for the human in it. Do you know what it was? Is so I um, I had a I started having baths during lockdown. I, I mean, I've yeah. showered before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought, well, well, now we're in lockdown. It's the time to bathe, isn't it? Um, but I'm, I've always been a shower person because I I, I don't enjoy like I, I, I'm not one of those people that enjoys. I was going to say like the act of cleanliness. I just yeah. see it as like. Like, I don't enjoy brushing my teeth. I just do it because it's what you do. Yes. And so, for me personally, to lie in a bath for an hour is fucking stupid. Yeah. It, it's the equivalent of holding mouthwash in your mouth for, like, <laughs> half an hour. It's just pointless. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but, but, oh, they're relaxing and stuff, and, you know. And so I was like, well, I'll try it to relax and stuff. And I'm led in this fucking bath, right? And I got candles around, and I got some fucking bath bomb from Lush, right? I'm trying to relax. And all I can think about is... If people broke in to your house right now, like how would you fend off the attackers? And so I had this, I had this full fucking fantasy about like taking the the plug of the fucking bath and like using it as like a fucking nunchuck and shit and whapping someone, crushing up a bath bomb and then like blowing the smoke in his eyes and <laughs> like, and I just couldn't fucking relax because I had this whole Liam Neeson from Taken, but you're in a bath scenario going on, and I just. Nah, man, I'm just not a relaxed person. I tend to no, find but- that, like, uh, with, like, listening to music, you know, I'll start, like, directing music videos in my head or whatever. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, sometimes it'll be like, I'll be so focused on trying to make one scene perfect that the song's in, like, ah, go back, I need to, I need to go finish, yeah. the, I need to go finish the music video in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. the song, like, four <laughs> times. Well, I do the same thing. Is Sometimes I listen to music and I go, this would look great... Uh, for the music of the highlight reel of you being a professional footballer. Yeah. And I'm like, what a fucking ego that is. Do you know what I mean? A man that hasn't kicked a ball in four years, and I'm like, right, okay, so I'd Cruyff turn at that bit where the beef, the beat drops, and then I just chip the ball over for the Champions League final winner, and then the music starts. Do you know what I mean? It's like it fucking nuts. Too, the, ble- the creative mind is a a blessing and a curse sometimes. Oh, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe in that. what you can produce for others to enjoy. But it's a curse sometimes because you can't shut it off sometimes. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. and, then then, and then there's a big connection between creativity and mental health issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it always makes me laugh, yes. right? Because every... every we create health for ourselves. So m- maybe every yeah. 12 to 18 months, there's yeah. a new study that comes out, right? Yeah. And it goes, researchers from the University of Strathclyde... <laughs> have done a four-year-long survey and found out that comedians are at more risk of being depressed than the average adult. And then that makes the news. And it's like, four years that took you? Because if you'd have just gone into our green room once then you would have been like, these fuckers are damaged, Just, man. May I introduce you to Pagliacci? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's, um, it's, it's weird, but I, I always think if I'm like, like you know, like um, 
uh, you know, having like a, a bad mental health time or whatever. Yeah. Um, I always think that it's, and this is probably a fucked up way of thinking about it, but it works for me. I always think it's the price that I have to pay in order to have the skills that I have. And I know that, like, I think Hannah Gadsby mentioned it on a special and was like, this is a really uh, messed up and unhealthy way of thinking. And I was like, fuck you, it works for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I had, I, during my first bout of counselling that I had last year, one of the first things my counsellor asked me in, in like, session one was, okay, so who is Umby Winters without stand-up comedy? And I've not been able to answer that question, but I know they'd definitely be happier. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that about a load of comics. I think you'd be so much happier if you didn't do this. Yeah. yeah. But it's like, it's almost like a drug in the way that they need it, but it also ruins their lives. Yes. Because what happens when you, when a certain creative seizes you? Well, you can't. You have to get it out there. You have to express it in some way. There's been loads of comics who've who've stopped doing it during like after lockdown. And I'm not just talking about your average hobbyist, I'm talking about acts who headlined weekend comedy clubs all over the country yeah, yeah. they had a year essentially of not doing it uh and then they well let's say they had seven months of not doing it and then they were like ah oh, i'm really happy oh, i must just be in a good place and they went back to doing stand-up last year towards the end of last year and they were like huh i appear to be miserable as sin <laughs> and then they started doing it again there was a lockdown sorry last year at the um January to March time, wasn't there? Yeah. And they were like, huh, I appear to be happier again. And then they started doing stand-up again when all the tears opened up. They went, I'm more miserable again. Do you think that's more to do with, like, the, the actual art and act of performing stand-up itself or more to do with the industry? All of it. So the, the thing is, is I think that they're so uh, intertwined yeah. that, I mean, don't get me wrong, the industry is absolutely horrible, but it will never be this happy, yeah. uh, uh, sort of uh, protective, loving, caring place. Because at the end of the day, every comedian is out for their own self-interests, and you know we can't even agree. You know what? You know whether or not we can't even agree whether or not cancel culture is a thing. You know we certainly can't agree for some standardizations that should you know be put across the industry in order to benefit everybody. We're all too individualistic. So the circuit is always going to have a toxicity about it. Yeah. And you have two options, really. You either make peace with it or you leave and do something else. You you, you can't stop the flood from coming in. And, and again, when I started as well, I remember thinking for the first couple of years, I remember thinking, God, this is, this is relentless. The amount yeah. of fucking... Uh, the bombardment on your mental health is fucking huge because not only have you got like for example the um dichotomy if you like between uh being on stage and being off stage where being on stage everybody's listening to you they're all laughing they're all like this is amazing and then you come off stage and almost instantly when you come off stage you go back to being just a person do you know what i mean yeah. and, and and it's such a contrast that you're like oh fuck you know then also on top of that you've got the fact that the circuit is naturally bitchy and incestuous yeah. so people are talking about everybody people are you know spreading rumors and stuff and there's things going around and stuff but also as well you've got to deal with the fact that some of your colleagues will do better than you yeah. and some will do worse than you yeah. and the fact of the matter is is that when you compare yourself to people which is a very dangerous thing that to do true. you always compare yourself to the most successful version of, of the most successful person you know yeah so when i compare myself to um 
And I've got really close mates in stand-up who are way more successful than me. But when I compare myself to them, I'm comparing myself to them selling out the arenas, you know, that I could only dream of filling. I'm not comparing myself to them, uh, you know, in a morning where they're led in bed and, you know, they're worried about uh, fucking no one loving them or whatever. Do do you know what I mean? And so you always compare yourself to that idealised version. And you never compare yourself to people that are the same as you or doing worse than you. I think a, a prime example of this is uh, a few years ago, I did a gig at a Pride Festival uh, with three other acts. Pride? Yeah. <laughs> Joking. Oh. <laughs> it's a bit of a weird booking for Rumby Winters, isn't it? <laughs> it's right on cue. Go yeah. on. Uh, and, and you know, then two years later, I went and did that same Pride Festival again with different acts. And they've never booked me. Can you fucking believe that <laughs> shit? I'm shocked, Freddie. I'm unbelievable. I'd go down a storm. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but um, like I, I, you know, I'm always like, oh, you know, the, like I, I compare myself. Like the, I've done this gig, you know, two years later yeah. after the first time, and I look up the other three acts I win, and like you know, one went on and has like done TV spots, you know, and and like has like his own show and that. Now one has got um, uh, representation and do, and is like doing stand up full time. Like I'm com- I'm comparing myself to those two. Yeah. And, like uh, you know, I went back and did this same gig two years later, whereas they're off doing like these wonderful fucking like things and like uh, like making money off it yeah I, like, I don't ever compare myself to the one guy who stopped doing stand-up and now just seems to be living a really nice charmed life with his boyfriend like going to gigs and like just making food and putting it on instagram and stuff and he seems like genuinely very happy i don't compare myself yeah. to him i compare myself <laughs> to the two that have gone on to like be successful but i don't know what like i don't know if they're happy probably not but yeah. like I, I, it's like if i could you know if i could compare myself to the one that dropped out and seems to be doing very well for himself i mean if it helps you uh sort of contextualize that the way that you can think about it is that you are all collectively living in sin so <laughs> that was a risky joke to do wasn't it Fuck me. in my head i was like just say it just say it um uh yeah but i totally get what you mean i did um so uh, when i did edinburgh for the first time i did like a compilation show right yeah. and i shared uh edinburgh flat with uh a guy called who did I share with? A guy called Sam Gore uh, and a guy, uh, a, a guy, a, um, someone called Sophie Hagen, who yeah, I used no. to be really good mates with, and I'm not anymore. Um, uh, and Sophie had a really good Edinburgh and won uh, the Best Newcomer Award, which is one of yeah. the biggest awards that you can win in stand-up. Yeah. And uh, a week later, I was thinking about her in Melbourne. Um, no, no, she was at Just for Laughs in the Montreal Comedy Festival, yeah. having been flown out there and having won one of the biggest awards in comedy. And I was starting a teacher training course and I was in a porter cabin in Blackburn. And it's one of those where you go, this is a difficult comparison to make. Do you know what I mean? But it's just what you've got to do in it. You've got to find a way to deal with that shit. Well, that comes back down to, uh, that comes back to the shadow. Yeah. So the shadow part of us isn't just dark parts. It's also parts that are potentially really good. So. Say, like, we aspire to what somebody else is already doing. Yeah. Well, we project our potential onto them. Do you know how... And this is why we should focus on ourselves, because if we project outwards onto these other people, we don't realise our potential because we're seeing outside of us. That's very wise. Yeah. I, uh, right, I, I've got a question to ask, and I need to ask it now because I'll forget otherwise. No problem. Right? So, do you remember before you said there's no, like, code of ethics and stuff like yes. that? There's no set... Uh, guidelines it's it's up to the individual to yeah. work out what's ethical right so uh i think back to when i was teaching right yeah. and 
you, people think, oh, well, do uh, do the teachers talk about the children? That's literally all they ever talk about. They go straight in the staff room and go, oh, that little cunt Jaden, I want to punch his fucking little face in. And his mum is a fucking slag. She is. She's a fucking <laughs> stupid slag. And I'm going to have to ring her and speak to that daft bitch on the phone. God, so, I hope Jaden's watching right that's, now. Yeah, Jaden. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that's what they think about, right? Yeah. Uh, do you, like go home or like speak to other fucking hypnotists and be like, oh, I had to deal with this fucking bedwetter again. Absolute fucking pussy Oh, Jesus. Look, look, this, this is down to ethics again. It's, you've got to keep these things private. Well, that's what I mean. But so do you like, like, like legit, do you ever like just, you know, mention it in a WhatsApp group? No, no, no. I don't actually, I, don't actually <laughs> I, I am terrified of groups as it is. Really? I don't really like going to WhatsApp groups because group dynamics take over and it, it normally destroys the group. Really? Yeah, yeah, so I don't tend to go into WhatsApp groups. Oh my, I fucking... Oh, you lie, I can imagine. If, if, can imagine. If, if WhatsApp ever got leaked, I think I'd just cancel yes. myself. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and honestly, I'd, just, I'd, I'd do one of those things where... <laughs> You know, like how, like, suicide, they leave a yeah. note. I'm just going to be like, look, I'm not killing myself, yeah. but just so you know, there's a lot of stuff in there that at the time seemed very funny. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just going to back no, away. I I, 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 uh, I literally would never re reveal anything. But you see loads of things, don't you? Like, loads of, uh, um, uh, like, news um, articles that are made by, yeah. like, leaked screenshots from the WhatsApp group, yeah. you know, reveal that so-and-so... You know, had a toxic culture. I, I and it's like it's a regulated <laughs> self. See, if I was, if I got known for revealing people's secrets to others, then no one's going to come and see me. That's true. Self-regulating, self isn't it? That Whereas, is true. But I actually come. I come from before I got into all this. I came from a different world where you literally don't ever ever tell anything about anyone. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's a, you just don't do it. You well, take it to the grave. Look, looking here, uh, Tom Godfrey says, and I think we've covered this. Could you hypnotize a whole audience, put them in a trance, and just sit and read the paper for an hour? <laughs> then at the end, tell them all to think it was the best show they'd ever seen. Well, you couldn't do that, could you? Because in an audience of people, you hypnotize the whole audience, and yeah. maybe ten percent, ten percent are very susceptible. But uh, someone can bring themselves out of the hypnosis when they like. What? Yeah, yeah, so if, you, if you've if you got someone, right, so you've got uh, different stages, you can take people really deep, but uh, people can actually, if they want their hypnosis to end, people can wait themselves off. Oh. That's what I mean. It's, it, it's, the person has to be in agreement to go into hypnosis. To be fair, they have to let themselves go. that makes me feel an awful lot better. Yeah, yeah. So, like, for me personally, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't like to go under because I'm not, like, do you know, especially yeah. when we talk about like the kinky side of hypnosis and yes. stuff like that, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want, I don't want you to be like, okay, you're under, right. From now on, the only way you are going to be able to come is if someone rips electrical tape off your nipples. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't want to like, I don't want to be having sex and have to cover my nipples up and then go, right, okay. Oh, oh geez. Like, I just don't want that life. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I'd have that worry. But the fact that you'd be like, okay, so from now on, your nipples. And I can go, wait a minute. And I'll just wake up and go, you stay away from my nips. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Right, okay. Um... So, uh, I can't believe you've never heard about, like, the kinky side of hypnosis. And no, stuff. no, I've never really looked into it, but I, I will do now that you Do you know what? I've it. seen videos on TikTok as yeah. well. I can't remember um, exactly which one, but I remember thinking, that is fascinating that that's yeah. a thing. 
I think I don't really know how I think about it sexually. I think it's kind of kinky. Well, I don't even know because just from what I've seen, I don't even know if it's like so much like hypnosis involved and then there's actually like sex like acts you know I think it's more like a sort of dominant submissive sort of uh, totally. like well, dynamic where like you know the, the, the hypnotist is the dominant and then puts the submissive under yeah. and then it's just a sort of um, state of, of submission you know like I totally. it's control uh, and trust and stuff like that and I don't actually know if there's too much of an actual physical component to it well this is it I think the giving commands thing sexy as fuck do you know what yeah, I mean yeah, like yeah, from yeah. now on you when you wake up you're gonna really want to suck my dick brilliant yeah. sexy as fuck but I don't think that right let's go into the bedroom okay lie on the bed you're very tired. Do you know, like that bit is just, I mean, you know, if I wanted to put a woman to sleep, I could just have sex with a missionary. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> hi um, Right, two more questions to go. Two no more problem. questions to go. Um, uh, <laughs> Wayne Blackburn literally says, uh, have they ever used it to benefit themselves in a sexual situation? Oh, there we go. I have you not? No. When you say I haven't, no, you put the stress then on the I. So you went, I haven't. Well, I, I, Do you know somebody I, I who has? Know anyone else who's doing that either. Really? No, no. Okay. Well, I, but I have, uh, I've seen, like, a friend gave me a book uh, at one time, and it's called The Game, and it's about using, like, sort of oh, mind techniques to try yeah, to yeah, yeah. manipulate people. Make a woman feel like shit, and she'll love you forever. No, no, but you know the thing is, but then that's, that's a, well, if you have to trick somebody to be able to take them out, then it's not really coming from a place anyway is it really? yeah, I think it says more about you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it yeah, yeah. yeah. we just like like I say I've if you have to trap an animal in order to eat it then it's yeah. not really food is it you yeah. have to make the animal want to be eaten well, I, I, I <laughs> in what is the most problematic um, <laughs> analogy this, ever it's just in Freddie Quincy's women as animals <laughs> <laughs> no, well I, I originally got into all these things because my emotions switched on and I got very anxious and I was dealing with a lot of repressed emotion from yeah. snorting a lot of Charlie. I was drinking a lot of ale. If right? So once, I, once my emotions switched on and I discovered my empathy, then it sort of precli- I couldn't do it. If you know what I mean, because I I I, I actually really like people now. I didn't oh. used to like them that much, but I really like people now. So I tend to use what I've learned for to benefit people rather than anything. Well, it's, it sounds like it's had such a positive effect oh, on Oh, yeah, you. that's a really, really positive it's, effect. It's crazy. Isn't it? I, I mean, I always think with, like, addictive personalities, and I'm yeah. somebody who has an addictive personality as well, yeah. um, gambling. Mm. Yes. Um, uh, the thing is, is with I think everyone thinks of addiction as being a negative thing because everyone thinks of addiction and thinks that you're pissing all your money away in roulette or you're fucking smacking yourself up uh, you know what I mean you're fucking heating smack on a spoon or something but actually there's a load of addictive people who've channeled their addictions into the gym or being successful in business or something like that I genuinely think every successful business person is an addict it's just Whereas the addiction could have been drugs or drink, it's about making money and being successful. Of They've course. just focused that thing, that drive, yeah. that I have to be the best into something else. See, one of the things that helped me get over my addictions was I become addicted to yoga. Well, there you whereas, go. You just yoga wasn't a destructive habit. You, you take that spotlight yeah. and you just. Yeah. Do you know what's interesting though is, and I want to ask this, is um, if you wanted to get into hypnosis. Yeah. What's the best way? So if I wanted to become a hypnotist, because I've just thought to myself, right? uh, Hypnotism sounds like something that I might be able to do. I've got the the kit to record like a really nice, you are in a deep sleep, you know, like like really nice stuff. 
Also as well, I've got like a linguistic background, so that might help. Yes. And also as well, um, sex really sells. So I could like have like, you know, there's like OnlyFans for like attractive women getting the tits out and stuff. Yeah. Surely there should be OnlyFans for hypnosis files. Only trans. Only trans. Only trans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Okay. That is going to be my fucking website. And you're having none of the profits on me, Windows. You're having none of the profits. And I could be like, okay, right. So what's your kink? You want to fucking, uh, you want a fucking orgasm. Okay. Right. Okay. Imagine an orgasm. You never know. And then I could fucking make coin. What was the question? <laughs> how, how do you get into? What do you need to get into hypnotism? I lost myself. Yeah. I was like, I could be really rich right now. This would be great. Um, so, how would you get into hypnotism? What's what's the uh, you know best way to do it? Well, I'd, I'd recommend going to see the the, the lady I lent off. She's a she's. I mean, she must be in her eighties now, Pauline, but she's full of knowledge and wisdom. How do you, how do I get in touch with Pauline? I'm more than happy to give her a phone number. Oh, brilliant! This is. Yeah. Go yeah. on, Pauline girl. I'll I fucking. Bought, I actually learned. Uh, I learned to teach people Reiki. Uh, I learned hypnosis. Learned TFT, NLP. Oh. All these different things from Pauline. Okay. Yeah. So when I when I tried to overcome all my problems, and when I knew that the official routes wouldn't work for me, I started just doing courses and learning things about my mind. Sweet. You know? are, are there books and things that you can? Well, I actually uh, there's books there's books that you can get, and you can be able to uh, use self hypnosis. Well, he actually, I've actually read a, a lot of books by a psychologist called Carl Jung as well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's this is Wait, how, this is how I found like, out about my shadow. Carl Jung of like Jungian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Psychology, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, he's, he's read the body of psychology, which is 19 books. Yeah. And uh, the latest book that came out is called The Red Book. And oh. the, Red Bo the Red Book is all his, uh, his visions. So we had a period of eight years where he had these uh, life visions coming up. And this is what you describe as severe mental health issues, but because he was a psychologist, he decided to learn from what was coming up within himself. But, so I've read his books, but I also copy his methods of meditation. But what I would say, though, is that uh, psychology is far from an exact science, and yeah. quite a lot of it is bollocks. Well, so I, what I do is I use what works on me. Works for myself. Okay. And what it is is right. If uh, the, the particular way that he has described the mind is structured, well, when I'm using it on myself, uh, to going into deep meditation, yeah. I can find all these components that he's talking about in his books. And the red book itself is not a psychology yeah. book. Okay. The red book is a report on what he's seen in these visions. Have you heard about the experiment of the professor that sent some of his students to check in at mental institutions? Oh, this is fucking amazing. Have you heard about this? No. This is amazing. Right. So um, I'll, I'll find out exactly which one it is. My memory's a bit hazy. But he got, uh, a, a professor got some of his students to check in at mental institutions yeah. and claim that they were having certain things just to see how many of them would be admitted. Right. And they were all admitted. And then they all afterwards went, look, okay, you know, I've spent the night here. Ha ha ha. I am a, uh, I'm, I'm actually a, a student, and we did this on purpose to try and get in. And none of them were allowed to be let out because the psychologists were like, no, we think there's some really deep-seated, rooted issues. And they were like, no, listen, I, I, I went in here on purpose, 
I am a, you can check with the university. And the professor had to go down and get them out, right? And the hospitals were fucking furious and they were like, never, never do that again or whatever. Um, and then he, um, uh, he said, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to yeah. do it. I'm going to do it again next month. Yeah. Um, and they were like, well, we'll find out. We'll know exactly who's taking the piss or whatever. And so a month later they did it. And they went, ha, we know exactly who you sent down. You sent down this person, you sent down this person, you sent down this person, you sent down this person. And the professor went, I didn't send anybody. They didn't, they didn't send anyone down. So for me personally, it just goes, and it's a real thing, it, it just goes to show how much open to interpretation uh, psychology well, I, well, is. I'd, I'd say I'd say it comes back to they've seen an opportunity to medicate someone. Really, I'd say that. See, I'd say, listen, do you know what? I I know people. I know people who've, who've actually been uh, in section for minor mental health issues, and it's actually made them worse. But I, I I I don't think it's I I don't think it's that nefarious because bear in mind these people who are working like as a mental health nurse, for example, yeah. they don't do it for the coin because they get paid dreadfully. No, no they don't. They don't. Sure, and they're the one making the decisions. And, and plus, I, the reason why I, I, I decided to tackle my own mental health is because I have got a distrust of institutions anyway. Okay. Yeah, yeah so... Uh, you know, I, I I agree with you on this. Well, it's all it's it, well. All I'm saying is that it's all up for interpretation. So I don't think, for example, those people are doing it for a financial gain because yeah. there isn't one. I think it just goes to show the uh, the interpretability of this particular science, and it's almost yeah. to the point where can you consider it a science? Do you know what I mean? Well, when it's all subjective. So so. Imagine. So I mean, I think back. Sorry to interrupt again. No, no, no. I, I I think back to, for example, what people think about. Like, I, I mean, I hear this an awful lot more, is I hear people go, I'm depressed. I have depression. Yeah. And then the next day, they go, I'm having a wonderful day. And you go, That's, what happened to your depression yesterday? Yeah. And they went, oh, well, it's really funny, actually. Um, I woke up in the morning, and I was 15 minutes for late, late for work, and it just put me in a really bad mood, and I was really depressed. See, that's sad. And it's like, that's well, totally. That's, that's but, but who gets to define... What is sadness and what's depression? So depression is when the nervous system is completely shut down and the person needs to go in to take some deep rest. So they need to actually rest up because they might have... Uh, they might have sure, but it's not, it's not... There's not a physical line in the sand, is there? There's not well, a, there's not a specific tell, line if, in the if, sand. If someone's back to normal the next day, then that's not depression. But if someone stays in bed for three months in a row, then that's probably depression. Totally, but I mean, where is the line? So if they stay in bed for two days, is it depression? If they're staying back. I wouldn't say so. No, I three? mean, it, dep it depends on how they feel when they come out after two, three days. So, sure, but what I'm saying is, is it's all open to interpretation. So for some people, it, it, it I, I always think as well, with some people, it might not even register as, like, some people go around being like, I am depressed, and other people are like, I'm just having a bad day. Yeah. And other people are like, some people slip into it easier than others, is, is what I'm saying. And it's all subjected to the individual. I'm not saying anyone's right or wrong or anything like that. I'm just saying that th th when we talk about sort of what goes on in your mind, yeah. it's so subjective that it becomes really hard to pin down. Yeah. Do you, am I just talking bollocks? No, here? no. It's, a, it's I'd say I'd say some people describe themselves as being depressed, but they aren't actually depressed. They're just feeling sad at that time. Okay. Because some people actually go into a deep depression where they will literally not they'll, they won't be able to get out of bed 
and it could be for a sustained length of time, but it's because the body's gone into a, a situation where it needs to rest. Mm. Yeah, yeah, okay. So when it, when we say deep, depressed, it's, it really needs a deep rest. So the person needs to spend oh. a length. Oh, of time I like that. In bed. That yeah. sounds like the yeah, kind of thing that you clever. should have. Yeah. Very sharp. Yeah. It sounds like the kind of thing that they'd have on the living room wall of the mental health institution. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? In like the common room, depressed. We'll it's, take a deep sounds, breath. It sounds like the the Gen Z version of like those uh, hokey signs that like wine moms have. Yeah. Like, and instead of like you know like live laugh love, it's depressed. No, just need a deep rest. Yeah. 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 If there's a counselor called. Oh. If there's a counsellor called Sue and she has an office, it's like, you know, feeling like suicide? Come and see Sue inside. Fucking hell. Right, okay, last question. Indipal Kuna says, what's the consensus on the self-help type of self-hypnosis sessions? Paul McKenna comes to mind. So you know the ones that are like, Paul McKenna's like, I can help you quit smoking. My mum had a recording of them years ago and uh, it didn't work. Mate, I fucking read his How to Quit Smoking book, yeah. and it was like, oh, imagine, uh, imagine you're having a cigarette, okay? Yeah. Now imagine you're eating the most delicious meal you could possibly eat. Okay, take an inhale of that cigarette, and imagine that your mouth is full of fur, and it's like, what? Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it's when you're reading yeah. it as well. You have to give your subconscious mind enough reasons why it'd be a good idea to stop. It has to be, you have to be able to, your mind has to be able to rationalise why it'd be a good idea to stop. Oh, okay. So that, it's all about that, giving the mind enough reasons why it's a good idea, because a lot of people will find it hard to stop a bad habit because they might be getting some form of secondary gain from it. Do you think, is it more of a case of like, you said that there's the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. Yes. Do you think that like, so in that case, it's like, you know, your conscious mind wanted you to stop smoking, but you yes. hadn't convinced your subconscious mind yes. to want you to stop smoking. So you needed both of them to want it. You need yeah. both in agreement with each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then it's, yeah, you, when you get them, get them both in agreement. Do you know how I stopped? Like, this is the stupidest fucking thing you ever. Took up cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm having a line in the smoking area. <laughs> fucking well pleased myself. Now, t I'll tell you what it was, right? Is I'd stopped loads. Yeah. And then I'd, I'd started again because I, f I find it really easy to quit because someone told me that uh, an a, a, a craving lasts for three minutes. Yes. And so your trick is to uh, keep your mind occupied during those three minutes. So, yes. what I, so what I used to do is I'd download chess puzzles and every time I needed a fag, I'd be out fucking solving a, a chess puzzle or something. I used to be really into chess and so that distracted me. Replaced the habit. Totally. And then what happened is I always went back to it because I'm like, I find it so easy to quit, I'll just start again, you know. And then, <laughs> no word of a lie, my dog got epilepsy. Yeah. That's a weird thing to say, isn't it? My, my dog got epilepsy and nearly died. And I remember thinking, I made a promise to, I don't know who, but I was like, I will never smoke another cigarette if my dog survives this. And my dog's fine. And yeah. I just never had a fag. Yeah. It was just like, I was done. I was, I was absolutely done. So fucking weird. Well, I believe there's a, a part within each of us that is of high intelligence. I, know if you can no, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, this is this is what I believe. Like, uh, see the way people can have like a miraculous healing event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I believe, and I, I believe it's because they connect to a, a an infinitely intelligent part of themselves. Oh, okay. I believe that's in everyone. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and it's, uh, well, you can call it the centre. And this is what you're aiming for in meditation. You're aiming to, to see the way you say, to get to your centre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And your centre is a place of quiet, infinite intelligence. Okay. And everyone's got this centre. That's why even when societies have gone fully tits up, yeah. there's still monks up mountains and monasteries still be able to meditate and become calm because they can get in their centre. Okay. okay. And it's, I believe when you reach the centre, you can heal beyond what you can imagine. So you made a promise to your higher part of yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To do with the dog. And basically that's giving your subconscious enough reason to stop. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? So do you know when people do like say AA and NA? Yeah. It, they give, one of the steps is giving their power away to a higher, higher yeah. being, which it could be anything. Yeah. But it's this part, it's this, it's this inner regulating principle that will heal anybody if they can get in contact with it. So if, if you're listening to this and you want to quit smoking and you can't afford hypnotherapy sessions, get a poorly dog. We'll <laughs> 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 work a treat. Right, we're going to wrap it up there very quickly before we go. Is there anything that you would like to plug, Kev? Oh, yes. So uh, I, uh, I, I have my practice. Uh, I'm... I'm on Instagram as the Mind Shaman. Uh, I use NLP, meditation, breathwork, uh, Reiki, and recently Cambo uh, to help people overcome emotional traumas. What's uh, Cambo? So Cambo is a medicine that comes from a frog from the Amazon. Oh wow! So it's like trip off your tits. No, no, it's actually a physical experience rather than a. It's non-psychoactive. So what you feel like? No, no. What you do is you, uh, you the medicine goes into your system, it absorbs into the lymphatic system, and you have a physical page. Oh, so it makes you sick? It, it makes you sick. So you'll drink uh, up to three litres of water during a treatment to pull out physical toxins from the body. Really? Yeah, so uh, remember that I showed you them little burns on my leg? When yeah. I came in? Well, them burns are from it. Uh, I took me and my partner through. Uh, I took her through a treatment and me through a self-treatment. And it was to help her uncover and overcome trauma. And then I'm trying to get over feelings of not feeling good enough. Oh, so, really? So what happens is if I bring that up into my awareness while I'm putting the medicine on, It'll help me cleanse the toxins to do with that. Okay, now the Karen Carpenter method of but, dealing but you know with what things. Makes it gives you so much clarity. It gives you a lot of clarity on things. Shit, man. Really useful stuff. Okay, but he won't get the vaccine. I'll I'll <laughs> stick frog cum in me fucking leg, but I'm not I'm not getting it's the actually, vaccine. It's actually it's actually, it's, actually a, it's it's been a, a lot of science done on the cambo. And it's made up of peptides and alkaloids. I don't think I could do it, mate. I just, I, I, something about Amazonian frog in my yeah. brain, I go, nah. Do you know what I mean? No, but you know what? It's an interesting, it's a very interesting experience. And uh, the results that we've been seeing from it have been unbelievable. So I only work with things that get results. What works is what works for you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And well, if, that's if what I mean. it's horses for courses, isn't it? It's uh, people, people will try different things. Some people will climb a mountain, some people will try this medicine. Yeah. Like I say, uh, some people try Reiki and. I'm just trying to, I just, I, I like to learn as many uh, modalities as I can to help people. But if you as well, if you as well have like, so obviously everyone goes on about acupuncture and yes. that's, and that's something that is known as being something that works for people. It doesn't work for everybody, but it works for people. And that is basically sticking pins in your fucking face, yeah. isn't it? Now, if, if you'd have been the first person to, to say, like, oh, I'm actually trying this new method where you um, uh, stick needles in your face, yeah. I'd be like, that is insane and mental. But it's been going on for thousands of years. It works for people. And we go, yeah, sure, fuck it. Yeah. So, like, if you've tried everything else and you've tried all the other therapies and you've tried medicine, 
and you've have you take three pills three times a day or whatever to make you feel like a normal human being yeah. then why not frog venom like why oh, it's, why not it's, it's not venom why not frog pus <laughs> frog pus why not so, why not so they, they believe the frog puts on its skin to protect them or something oh really yeah, but then what it is is they've, they've, they've actually got thousands of amphibians from all over the world and they find peptides within all of them that can be very beneficial to them really yeah Oh, I like that. Umbi, what do you want to plug? Uh, so I uh, um, I have a Twitch um, uh, that I, I'm starting to use more and more, twitch.tv slash Umbilicious. Uh, I'm Umbilicious on uh, Instagram and on TikTok. Uh, I'm Umbi Winters on Twitter. Um, otherwise, I don't have any current projects. I'm what just... do you play on Twitch? Uh, well, I sort of leave it up to um, players to decide. Uh, uh, when my first stream back, I've taken like an extended hiatus. My first stream back is going to be Life is Strange. Uh, but otherwise, I'm actually considering maybe this year will be the year that I get into speedrunning. And like, I might start wanting to like speedrun games like Bloodborne and Dark Souls and just like do silly, insane, infuriating challenges. I like, watching, I like watching speedruns on uh, games that I used to play. Like, do you know what speedrunning is? I, do you know what? I, I don't, you know. It's when uh, somebody tries to complete the game or reach a certain milestone as quickly as I physically see, possible. Yeah. So I used to, like, play Crash Bandicoot and shit yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Back in the day. Yeah, of course, yeah. And then I watch it now. And I always used to think it was quite good. And then yeah. I watch some people online and I'm like, that is fucking insane. Like... Um, I used to watch my brother. I used to be obsessed with watching my brother. He used to play Monkey... Remember Monkey Island? Yeah. yeah older brother. To- yeah, older brother. Of course it is. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah, there's no way. There's no way the older brother watches the younger yeah, brother play. He, yeah. could, he was. He was unbelievably good <laughs> on games. So I just used to sit there and watch him for hours. But yeah, I've never actually been on Twitch. What is, what's Twitch? Twitch is like um, it's a live stream platform. Yeah, it's for, for, for live broadcasting. But you can do it. You know, you can do it from home or from a studio like this. So yeah, I see. And you just like you play games and like and talk. You can play games. Uh, there's there's like uh, you know non gaming categories. People host cooking shows. People host talk shows. Yeah, oh, gaming's right. gaming's the most acceptable of those I forms. See, yeah. But people do everything on there. Yeah. They do it all. It started sorts. as a gaming live stream thing, but then yeah, people have just taken it. And it's the it users, isn't it? The users dictate how of the platform course, yeah, goes usually and um, what we are going to do now by the way uh, if you've enjoyed this uh, first of all thanks to our sponsors for sponsoring the podcast and if you've enjoyed it check out our bloody patreon because you get extra episodes you get access to discord servers you get to ask questions we gave away free nfts last month and this month everybody who is a patreon on february the first is going to get entered into a draw and four people will win a bottle of hooli uh, which is a manx white rum uh, provided to us by our sponsor outliers uh, four people will win it at random we'll ship it over to you it's bloody lovely and it goes great in a fucking daiquiri uh, so in order to get in on the live draw then all you've got to do is go to patreon.com forward slash pigoted sign yourself up and enjoy all the extra content while you are there we're going to have a little break and then we're going to record the extra show in which Umbi is going to be hypnotised so if you want to watch that it's on Patreon uh, thanks for listening we will see you next week bye bye